0: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSC.
1: Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for new accounts to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Ruto and AJ coming at you live the day after the deadline as we're going to be breaking down the winners and losers of trade deadline day but before we get into that some news on the avalanche front some good some bad the bad news Ryan Murray does look like he has a fracture from the shot he blocked the other night Uh, we'll miss weeks not days per Jared Bednar Uh, dude just can't catch a break can he sucks man yep It's it's kind of the story of his entire career where that dude could stay healthy. He'd be good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He gets, he gets rolling. He's playing well. His things are going his way and injury. It's the way it goes. So, So, this is, I think, what his third injury this year. Yeah. He was dealing with a back thing earlier in the year. This is, this is where the conversation with Ryan Murray has always been that if he could just stay healthy, yeah. Yeah. Like, and we we were talking during the big old live show yesterday about the idea of, hey, maybe you just bring him back as your seventh guy. I I mean, I don't know that he would want to do that, but. I don't know that anyone's going to give him a job, given his I, I think health it's, issues this year, yeah. I think it's going to be just a really tough sell to have him be a regular in the lineup because his injury issues have just never subsided. Yep. It's every year of his career. Almost every year of his career. So it's a it's it's a bummer and it's a loss for the abs. Yep. They're now down they're now down Murray, Byron, and Gerard. They're back playing Curtis
1: McDermott at D until someone gets back. So is what it is. Yeah, and like <clears throat> can't call up Justin Barron. Nope. You have zero call upable. Defensive prospects. You could call Jacob McDonald up. Yeah,
0: you could. You could go with McDonald or like a Dennis Gilbert or not you know, really prospects like prospects
1: at that point. Yeah. yeah.
0: <clears throat> so, you know, I guess Nate Corman is down there. <laughs> I don't think they're calling up Clarms. <sighs> Look, the big Clarms. He's got like four years to be an Eagle before they call him up. <laughs> True. He's gonna make uh, his NHL debut at twenty-eight. That's gonna <laughs> rule. Uh, the good news side of things.
1: Both Cogliano and Lekinen are expected to join the team, like, as we speak here in yep. practice. They're supposedly on the way
0: from the airport. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Cogliano will play tomorrow for sure. Lekinen, it's unclear if his visas will be ready or not, so TBD there, but certainly should be ready by Friday's game. Uh, so they're in town, and they're uh, hopefully starting to get integrated into the team directly at this point. So should be, uh, should be interesting to see, I can't say the abs at full power because of the injuries they're dealing with, but closer to their final form, as it were, as there's no more trade deadline and things like that to talk about. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. But the, um, <laughs> I, I guess we'll start with the biggest loser of trade deadline day.
0: Yeah, it's easily
1: Evgeny Dadnov. Yeah, 100% Evgeny Dadnov, who just had his contract ignored by (laughs) multiple teams in the NHL and the NHL itself until it was too late.
0: (laughs) This is Uh, such an embarrassing look for, I think, everybody involved. Yep. Outside of, like, I I don't think it's bad for Dadnov. I don't know where people are, are making the argument that his agent did something wrong. It sounds like his agent filed the appropriate paperwork in the appropriate time frame, and informed everybody and did everything that was needed to do. Like it, it sounded like he, the agent took care of business and multiple teams along the way just dropped the ball. Yep. And now, now he's in the impossible decision of uh, he waves it and goes to Anaheim and plays out the string for, you know, for a team that's Talk, not competitive, for yeah, not going to make the <clears throat> playoff team, or he goes to a team that just tried to pay a second round pick to get rid of him. Yep. Either way, it doesn't feel great. Yeah, uh, he's in a he's in a bad spot, and I I think it sucks for him. He didn't do anything wrong. I called. Uh, I remember I took some heat from Vegas fans over the summer because. I said that I thought the worst move of the entire offseason was their acquisition of Dadnov. They used the Marc-Andre Fleury cap space to go and get him. For Dadnov. And, for now, and which, who they have now
1: tried and failed to dump at the deadline.
0: <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> I just think that sucks. Uh that that he's stuck like in this impossible situation and Vegas just can't seem to get out of their own way this year. I mean, they've had hellacious injury luck, but you look at how like that organization has caught dub after dub after dub for five years. Uh, and it's kind of going like...
1: going their way, and now yeah, all and the karma is coming down in one year back at them. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: kind of like the pendulum swung the other way at yep. warp speed and is like smashing into t-mobile arena every night <laughs> just like a sledgehammer taking bodies with it <laughs> definitely does
1: feel a little bit like that but in this case like specifically when it comes to the Dadnov situation and the cap hell that vegas has put themselves in they don't
0: have anybody to blame but themselves really right Right. They did this. They made these choices. They literally took Marc-Andre Fleury, not, now it's not one-to-one, but they took the money that they saved in that deal and went and spent it on most of it on Dadnoff. And conveniently forgot his NTC. And, yeah, and, and then and then they tried to trade for Jack Eichel, and then they tried, or then they did trade for Jack Eichel. Then they tried to get cute with it. Yep. And we all know that that's what, that's what happened, is that Oh, Jack Eichel's coming back? Well, this this persistent back injury of Mark Stone just won't go. Gosh, what a problem. And then, like, along the way, they just had bad luck. Like, Max Pacioretty just could not, he just can't stay healthy. Robin Leonard's had injury issues. Riley Smith has injury issues. Braden McNabb has injury issues. Alec Martinez got a uh, cut on the, uh, on his face that, like, Got infected? And, like, I don't even know, like, turned into a long-term injury? Yeah, it was weird. Uh, So you're talking... I mean, you're still... Jeez, dude. (laughs) Like, they have had genuinely horrible luck, and then they also put themselves in a horrible position. And the fact that it's all coming down to them not knowing a player's no trade clause yeah. preferences it's is hilarious. I mean, it just goes to speak to there's a certain lack of polish in that front office because I mean, you remember how flurry gets traded, like he finds out from social media. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I mean the conversation in the hockey world was, Hey, there's, I don't want to call it a fan site because cap friendly is way more than just a fan site, but there is a website run by a guy not in the league, who does a better job at this than the league itself, of actually tracking trades and no trade clauses and salary caps and as you said at the start way worse for Vegas but the league as a whole, this is a terrible look where you don't know your players
0: own contracts Yeah. So like and you have to have multiple breakdowns along the way to have those. And the fact that there is a free resource out there. I mean, how often how often do we talk about, oh well, EJ, you know, what if they want to move EJ or what if they want to do this? Or what if they want to do that? And it's like, well, guys got no trade clause. Like we know this stuff. How is it that the, the decision makers themselves? You mean to tell me not a single person? In the Vegas front office, has opened up Dad Nob's page, Cap friendly page, and been like, Didn't read that comment. Hey, like, eh. What's this thing right here? It says MNTC.
1: <laughs> Nobody? Nope. Apparently, not a single person, but.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, to, to answer the question in the chat, yes, Vegas traded a guy against his uh, two and two and destination. That Off was his, on no his trade no trade is. cause. Yep, he does not want to go there, and he's just sort of sitting in limbo right now. Yep, and I, and like actually... they need the help. Like, like yeah, they need the cap help for sure. Yeah, they need the help because they need. That's how they're going to get some guys who can help them back. Playing fucking games with fourteen skaters again,
1: which whole nother different bad look for the league there. But, and yeah, and in, but I mean like, Vegas' case they need to win games down the
0: stretch this year. Yeah, but I mean like this is a guy who has twenty seven points in sixty two games. Yep. He's got fifteen goals. Like he's That's an NHLer for sure. Yeah he's an NHL player, but he has not been what they were hoping for. Sure. Which anybody would have been able to was, Like, such a predictable yeah, everyone called that one when it yeah when they signed just, him. But <laughs> just a predictable failure. But yep. You're 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 talking about like <laughs> this. This is a team that is barely hanging on to a postseason spot uh, by points percentage. Not in a postseason spot by points. They've got seventy two. Dallas has seventy one. But Dallas has four games in hand. So
1: I do want to touch on this question from Dylan. Not that there's a coup. There's no coup about. NHL owners trying to stop acknowledging NTCs. However, there are murky rules surrounding when a player gets traded with an NTC, whether his new team has to honor it or not. Uh, It's not entirely clear how necessary that is. And the rumor around this one is that Ottawa just never provided that information to Vegas when he was initially traded there. Now... How much of this information is is accurate and real? I have no idea, but it doesn't it, change the fact that there were major fuck ups along the way.
0: We have this. We have this leading the show because this is like the story in the NHL today as we all wake up, and it continues to unfold. Uh, such a weird situation, and you're talking about a team that like badly needs the players back that they're trying to get back into the lineup that they can't. Correct. They, um they're really cap stuck. Yeah. In part because Dad nods, his money is just still sitting there. Yep. So weird, uh kind of a just a just very weird spot for them to be in. And you it's, it's, you've it's seen everything, and then something like this happens. It's fascinating to watch as like this plays out, and we're gonna start shifting a lot of our focus in the next month towards to, the playoff push and yeah, match-ups playoff and matchups like and that. Yeah. the races that are going on um, Vegas right now. And, and look, Vegas at 65 games played is at the high end of games played in the NHL. Yep. I think it's, I think they're tied with Anaheim.
1: All the, all yeah. the projections have Vegas sub 50% to make
0: the playoffs right now. And right now, they're the eighth seed. If the playoffs were to finish right, or the season were to finish right now, and they ignored ignored, ignored points percentage, Jesus, yep. I had no idea. I can't say the word ignored. <laughs> uh, if they ignored that, it would be Colorado-Vegas in round one. And it would be this weird monster, Frankenstein's monster version of Vegas.
1: Yep. It would be real strange. Uh, Dallas is
0: one point back of them with four games in hand, though. Yeah. So... And look, like quietly, four points, four points back, uh with two games in a hand is Winnipeg. Uh four points back with one game in hand is Vancouver. Guess who's in Denver tomorrow? It's Vancouver. So some teams, some teams that need the Avalanche are gonna play a role in how this plays out with as many games against the Pacific Division as they have. For sure. So it's it's going to be it's going to be fascinating, and no, genuinely, like holding in the low Like I think this is the funniest thing in the world. This it's is high
1: comedy for sure. This
0: this is tremendous. Couldn't have this,
1: a better organization.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So it feels like a. It feels like if a Wes Anderson movie was a, oh, like a hockey team's <laughs> NHL season. <laughs>
1: Just fucking stumble over backwards into nonsense the whole time. Yep.
0: <laughs> Just what? What is this? Like <laughs> nonstop. What is this? Okay. Well, it, it's good. It keeps
1: you on your toes. All right. You never, you always learn something new. And we're learning something new <laughs> about how badly you can mess up an NHL trade. So true. <laughs> On that note, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, built for people who don't mess up their roster with NHL trades terribly. So go get yourself a Breck brew if you're a fan of a winner of the trade deadline. Like, I I think the abs probably fall into the winner category of the deadline as a whole. Uh, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But get a breck brew, use the breck beer locator online to find it near you. I, of course, recommend the Avalanche Amber Ale. Always drinking one during abs games. So go give it, give it a try. They have a beer for everybody, I guarantee you that. And then get on over and check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. When you sign up with code DNVR, you get that five dollars on any March Madness team, as this is still going on, and if you are correct in your team to win the current game, you get $200 in free bets. So, jump on that, go get $200 in free bets right now. Then, once you get the $200, you can bet on whatever you want you can bet on the abs, you can bet on the nuggets, you can bet on uh, bicycling. Uh, it, it doesn't matter, you can bet on literally any sport that exists. Over at DraftKings, you can do things like same game parlays. You can do all sorts of cash out options, which I know Yahir loves to look at and then not click and then lose his bet when he should have clicked it. uh Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR again to get that $5 for $200 in free bets from March Madness. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. P.S. It's a great time. Sign up for a DNVR membership. Uh, we were talking about it earlier today. There's a lot of Avalanche coverage out there right now from us, both video and written uh, on all the trade deadline stuff. If you're maybe not caught up, be sure to go check all of that out on DNBR.com. So yeah, I I don't know how to recommend our stuff more than like just go read our stuff because there's a lot of it and it's all dope. True. All right. Second period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Getting into the actual winners and losers of the deadline. Is it is it as easy as I think it is for the big winner, AJ? Is it is it Florida? Um Let's
0: start with, I, like, before we get into the actual teams of this. Um, okay. I, I, was there a trade? Like, was there one deal that went down that you were just like, man, I really like that for that team? It could be big or small.
1: Uh, I'd have to – let me let me skim through them a little bit here because, like, the big trade of Giroux felt like a super-duper luxury for Florida, right? Like, their forward course yeah. already ridiculous. Definitely. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, this is also true of the Hurricanes to a certain extent, but the Hurricanes paid fucking nothing for Max Domi. What? You're going to say that about Aiden Hershart? <laughs> hey, they also ended up giving up Korshkov.
0: Khrushchev?
1: <laughs> and a sixth to Florida for retaining but again, that's nothing for Max Domi, a guy who at worst is a solid third liner and at best has like top line potential for you. Yeah, it's a really good trade.
0: Yeah, I'm curious
1: where he fits.
0: Then kinda, I you.
1: The, the, like, that
0: was one where I was kind of like.
1: I, right. Like, it's like Carolina already has a sick top nine. Yeah, I was like... Cause but I'm for that at it, price... Like, gonna go? For that price, you're like, yeah, I guess we'll take Max Domi for sure.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, do so got? Max Domi. I, I, you know, I think it, it could be um, a nothing deal down the road, but I thought there were um, a combination of them that I thought were really, really interesting to me. I thought the, the Sharks, like, Stealing Capo Kakinen, yeah, that was a good deal for them for sure. Like they have been trying to figure out that goaltending position forever now. And you know, while Kakinen has been a little inconsistent at times, like he's shown well. He was goalie was AHL goalie of the year like two years ago. Yep. And the wild move on from him. It's just, just, just like complete dump in material. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just totally, totally dump him. Like Scott um, Edgewood got a fourth. <laughs> right. And, and like they paid a fifth round pick to send Kakan into a team that like does not have an answer in net. Yep. You know, cause they, they took that chance on Aiden Hill and it. Predictably has, didn't work. Yeah. Hasn't really done a lot. And like James Reimer hasn't really done a lot, which, like, I think Reimer's been better, but he's like, not
1: young anymore by any
0: stretch. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's he's in his mid 30s, and you're not looking at him as, like, well, he's the guy that's going to help them. Like, they have so much money tied up long term into old guys now. Yep. You know, Couture is already 32. They just, like, Hurdle's still good and productive and blah, blah. But and, anyway, I, I thought the Kakanin deal really stood out to me as, like, that's a really good deal for them. Um, I really liked what Arizona did with some of their some of their picks. Um, going and getting Jack McBain, who's a guy that they can sign and drop sure. into accelerating
1: the timeline a little bit, right? Giving up some picks for some quality prospects.
0: Yeah. And and then that in combination with the Nathan Smith deal with Winnipeg. Yep. Because Nathan Smith was looking at Winnipeg's center depth and was like, not going to fit. So <laughs> I don't have a spot there. Yeah. Uh, and and so I think, that, you know, for an organization that needs anything, anything, I yeah. thought that they did a good job of identifying guys that can get into pro hockey right now. And, and they can start getting an idea of what those guys are going to be. And, uh, how much they're going to be part of a solution
1: moving forward. I agree with you on that side. I do think Arizona, one, they didn't move Phil Kessel, which yeah. at the end, it's like, you
0: take a seventh for the guy, take anything. I would not, I would not really put, I, so one of the things about these like winners and losers things, right? It is insanely easy to be a winner. If you're a rebuilding team and you go out and you get stuff, just like get, you look at what Anaheim literally does. anything. Yeah. Anaheim. Burns it down. Yep. And they just drown themselves in new assets. And all of that can be used for Pat Verbeek to kickstart either a rebuild, or he can use all those picks to turn around and trade for players over the summer do whatever, right? Uh, like, they can do whatever now. And, and so it's really easy to be like, he did a great job hollowing out his NHL roster and <laughs> trading everybody away for a bunch of, who knows, draft picks moving forward. But... I think it just feels like a cop-out, like who really set themselves up for success. Sure. Um, I do I do agree with you. I thought what what Arizona did fell short. Like you could find a Johan Larsen taker, but you couldn't find one yeah. for Phil Kessel.
1: The, the, the Ams gave a fifth for Cogliano. I understand Kessel's a different type of player, but you had nobody interested in that guy.
0: Well, and like, like Johan Larson, Andrew Cogliano, Ryan Carpenter, right? you know, like you're talking, you're talking like bit players here. Yep. Fourth line type guys. Like who are, who are not going to be, you know, Zach Sanford. Yep. uh, Got moved. Derek Broussard gets moved again. Like Vlad Domestikov, like these guys are all dudes. And Tyler Mott got a fourth round pick. You're looking at all those guys, and you're like, all these teams that want to that are trying to compete for something, whether it's making the postseason or whatever. Like Phil Kessel couldn't have helped more than those guys. Like I was not value there for sure. I, I was not keen on him in Colorado for a number of reasons,
1: but. I to, oh, I mean, the guy has, like, 30-something points this year. It's not like to doing nothing.
0: You want to tell me that, like, I mean, I don't think the cap would have worked, but you want to tell me that, like, the Jets are better off with Zach Sanford? Yeah. I have a tough you sell know? there, for um, sure. I think I, I Josh Brunson in chat brings it up. But I think Dallas is also a loser. Yeah. I, they, I, they pay I, for Vlad Namesnikov. And you see all the prices that are out there on players, on on defensemen especially. You know you're losing John Klingberg. Yep. This summer, you know that that is happening. And John Klingberg is the... not coming back. You know you're not winning a Stanley Cup. Yep. Miro Heiskanen is out for the for the foreseeable future. Yep. You just don't have the gun. You might have the oomph to make it into the postseason. You're not winning four rounds as
1: a wild card that like Like,
0: squeaking in, yeah, right. And you're not winning four rounds. So to what end here? Well, are we saying, hey, the oh well, we're we're just happy with two home games of revenue, and then we're going home, and then John Klingberg walks for free. You couldn't have gotten something. You couldn't have gotten an AHL player that you like. You couldn't have gotten a second round pick. You couldn't have done any of that.
1: Well, and instead
0: you paid to get Vlad Nemesnikov?
1: You, you get Nemesnikov, one, and two, your only other real move was getting Scott Wedgwood to be your third
0: goaltender? And like, I know that they have injuries at that position. But So I get it, but... Are you trying to win a playoff
1: round or what are we doing here? Because Scott Wedgwood's not the answer.
0: I don't know what to tell can you. We, can we find an example of a third goaltender winning Ever a playoff winning a round? Playoff round? Anytime recently? And you can't say Jordan Bennington. because he was because he was he was the hard time. starter yeah. by that point. Can you find? Because like, it, look, it. We we have Andrew Hammond and Michael Hutchinson each one playoff games in Colorado as third goalies, but they lost serious. those series. Yeah. <laughs> they lost both of those series. Yeah. So it's a really weird thing to be like, well, we're going to prioritize this. I agree. And and like, so, okay, so it, it, fourth and a fifth aren't much to give up for Nemesnikov and Wedgwood. Definitely,
1: but Dallas continues to be stuck in this weird limbo, they, yeah. especially they extended Pavelski for a year, which, don't get me wrong, Pavelski's playing great, but he's pushing 40.
0: Yeah, and it puts him in a position where If they are not competitive again next year and Pavelski's having a a great year, they can sell him for a high price. For sure. They can get a first round pick. They can get a whatever for him. And you're good with that. Like they, that was a tidy piece of business. I liked that part of it.
1: But it, it I, is, they're they're stuck in between, right? They have they yeah. yet to really hand the keys over to whatever their next generation is going to be. Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking.
0: It should be Gurionov, Hence, and yeah. uh, Robertson, Jason Robertson. Yep, you're. Those are the guys that you're handing the keys over to, and the the middle of your the middle of your lineup is still Tyler Sagan and Radik Baxa. Yeah, they
1: have four years of Jamie Ben
0: left. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing they can do about
1: that. That's just, but that's but cool. I'm saying, like, their spending assets, however small they may be, to squeak into a playoff run that's not going to go anywhere with a... Half their forward core is well over 30. Yeah. It's just yep. the it, the math doesn't add up there. It doesn't feel like they're on the upswing, pushing to get playoff experience, right? It feels like they're kind of petering out.
0: Yeah, it just feels it their direction feels very weird for sure. Yeah. Like it definitely feels weird. Uh, they have 19 right around 19 million to spend in cap space this summer. And it's not a great free agent class, you're kind of curious. Like I keep saying that to me the easiest thing to predict in the offseason is that Dallas gives Nazem Kadri a 5 or 6 year deal. For eight yeah. million dollars per year, and he goes and, to the retirement home. Yeah, and he goes to the stars and just slowly gets worse every year. Oh. So for the stars, I for the stars, I have them uh, as a clear loser. And uh, to follow up on a specific deal that I really didn't like, we talked about it already, so I won't spend much time on it. But Tampa Bay giving up Matthew Joseph for Nick Paul, yeah, it genuinely feels like Tampa just got worse in that deal. Yeah, like and and I recognize that Nick Paul's got his uses and that he's got this and that, but that just felt like a ta- talent downgrade for a guy that maybe fits into a role a little better. It kind of felt like Jost for Nico Stern. Yep. Um, then Tampa paid more. To but but yeah, then they added an extra pick and yeah. there wasn't uh like the salary concerns in the immediate right. weren't as beneficial. Obviously with Joseph's uh being an RFA, he's gonna get a raise. Time, but yeah. But I just think as an as an unsigned RFA, they could have moved that guy in the summer for more than Nick Paul. Agreed. Um, But again, when you're trying to put the finishing touches on a dynasty, you can't really blame them for anything that they do at this point. Well, I mean, it's the ultimate house money. Yes, Uh, and no. I agree.
1: And like, you're not going to knock their systems because it's clearly worked when they just go and give up their first. But they paid like ridiculous prices for Brandon Hagel. Oh, wait, that was Florida. I'm dumb. No, no, it's Tampa. No, it's Tampa. I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, but they, there is giving up firsts for Barclay Goudreau and Blake Coleman. And then there's giving up two firsts for a guy that's going to play on your third line. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong, Brandon Hagel's a good player. He will make Tampa we'll better.
0: See. Like, he's, I, he seems like a solid NHL player, but he has a really limited track record. And it seems like a lot of his value was derived from the 20 goals that he scored while shooting 20%, playing yeah. primarily next to Patrick Kane. And, and So we'll see. But you're like, hey, you think that guy probably still makes you
1: better even if it's not that level, but two firsts? Yeah. It's expensive, man. That's expensive. That's Those are the type of trades where it, Tampa has been scrambling around the cap and, and trying to make assets work for a while now, but that's one where it's like, all right, we're really emptying out the cupboards for this guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, one more in this this segment here. I know you talked earlier about it being easy to be a winner if you're a seller, but you got to give the Seattle Kraken a little bit of credit here, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, we talked about it on the live show yesterday that had they had their pick haul yeah. after the expansion draft looked like what it does today, Everybody would have been lauding them as geniuses and oh this is amazing and this is great. It was just the that they pulled the trigger and they were willing to bite the bullet and do this. I also think that their commitment to not being very good comes at a great time. They're gonna be in the lottery this year for Shane, Shane Wright. Wright. Uh and that's your guy, whatever. Logan, yeah. yeah, Cooley. Um uh the Finnish kid whose name I can never remember um you mean not brad lambert yeah not brad lambert <laughs> but like they're gonna be they're gonna be in the mix for those guys and then they're gonna be right in the mix next year you know maddie veneers is gonna come in and make his nhl debut and they're gonna be right in the mix for Connor bedard and Matvey mitchkov and yep. adam fantilli next season yep. they're Thank gonna you. be in that mix again and i think that we're gonna look back and we're gonna be like hey well, how vegas started a franchise was insane. But Seattle has a chance to do this the more traditional way. Yep. Draft a couple of, of studs up high. Your first three years, you do a lot of losing, and then by year five, you're kind of a problem. Yep. So could be interesting. Uh could be they could be they they could be in a much more interesting team next year, especially because in no way do I believe Philip Grubauer is gonna, gonna yeah, he's not that have bad. The, he's, he's not, not that gonna bad. he's not gonna have the year that he's having right now again. I just, I agree I do not believe that Yeah, well, so, yeah, I the hope, I agree with you. I would say that they were a winner there.
1: okay. I hope all of y'all are ready for the uh, the stretch run of the season here for the Avs. and you can watch them right on your TVs here in the Denver Metro area with the VACA TV. Hit up Avaka if you haven't yet. It's the easiest way to watch the games. You don't have to go through all the loopholes and jumping through all the, the hoops on the, the internet to find games. You don't have to deal with paying ridiculous prices for Direct TV. Obviously, Comcast doesn't even have them still. Avaka TV, just $25 bucks a month. They put it right on your TV with a receiver box. All you need is an internet connection and you're good to go with Avaca TV. Works just like normal cable. You have your remote, you turn on your TV, it got Altitude right on it for you. They also have AT&T Sports Network if you want to watch the Rockies, and national channels as well. So check out Avaca TV. If you haven't, go to avaca.tv slash dnvr. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash dnvr. A bunch of people have switched. We always have people in chat telling me it works great. They love it for watching the Abs. I get it. If you're a diehard Avs fan, you've probably found a way to watch the team. But there's a lot of people like my parents who just want to turn on the TV and be able to watch hockey.
0: And they are definitely listening to this podcast. Yep. I mean, I think some are. Oh, we've gotten enough response from people that tells us they are.
1: Right. Like this. It's a great thing for a team like the Avs where they are now because the abs are garnering a lot of new fans over the last couple of years people just want to watch my tv yep. lets you watch yep so go get a vodka tv and then when you're sitting in front of your couch and you want to get couch locked you can hit up light shade uh all your thc and cbd needs from Lightshade. you can use code dnvr when you get Products from them to get 25% off your entire purchase. They have 11 locations in the Denver metro area. So they got you covered pretty much anywhere if you live in the burbs or downtown or anything. You can also shop online at lightshade.com to get orders for pickup and make it using that DNVR code. Super easy. They also have Wana Optimals Fast Sleep 20 to 100 THC CBD mix. Uh, they're great for falling asleep quick if you have problems with that, like I do. Keep you from sitting there in bed for 45 minutes to an hour and a half, just not sleeping. It's the worst thing in the world. Don't recommend that for anyone. And Juana will help you prevent that with their Fast Asleep Gummies. It's holistic plant-based solution that just gets you feeling sleepy and wanting to close your eyes in 5 to 15 minutes. So check it out today. Go find Juana at Lightshade Dispensaries near you. Also, Avaca TV, our sponsor for the Party Bus. Go jump on dnvrlocker.com. Go buy your tickets to the party bus. April 16th, the ABS are taking on Carolina. Obviously, you have the bus to and from the bar to the game, so you don't have to pay for parking down at Ball Arena. You also get tickets in the lower bowl, Section 120, so you get dope seats. We're also going to have a booth at the game, so if you want to come vibe. You're also watching the game
0: with a bunch of other diehards who are watching the same thing as you. Right, we're going to have a whole
1: section of DNVR people just going nuts about the game. We're going to have a booth for like intermissions and stuff, so people can come chill for intermissions and hang out and say hi to all of the uh, all of well, not AJ, he'll be too cool for us in Winnipeg, but I'll be there, Jesse'll be there, Blaze will I be there Literally. Yeah. Uh, it should be warmish by then. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Don't be lame like AJ and get on the party bus. DNVRlocker.com. You can get your tickets now. It's a great time. Highly recommend. Everyone from the Nuggets and Broncos beats are like, this is the dopest thing ever. So go check it out. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, who is the biggest winner of the trade deadline? I mean, I do think it's Florida. I agree with you with the big caveat of losing Aaron Eckblad is really bad for them.
0: Yeah. But if he really does come back and he's part of a first round series, I think it makes winning the division absolutely vital for them. They have to win the division now because if, Ekblad is not healthy for the first three or four games of a first round series, and they're playing Tampa Bay or Toronto in that first round series. They could a real opponent right there. Yeah, that's a that's a lot harder task I think uh, that's facing them than. uh, We'll see here. Right now, they would be they would have Washington. A lot more survivable, I would say. Yeah, and I would say I, I think Washington like a good club, a veteran club. But with their goaltending question marks. Yeah. That can it, it, that can undo everything else and, about how good well, the team is. And look, Washington has Ovi and Backstrom, and they're great, but that team doesn't have the
1: depth that it used to.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> like Ovi and and uh, Backstrom and Kuznetsov, TJ Oshie, like they continue to be a quality offensive club, right? Tom Wilson has been legit. Anthony Mantha uh, is healthy now, so he can get back into things. Connor Sheary has been really productive for them. They've got good depth. It's like a solid, it's a solidly built team. They just add uh, Johan Larson, who should help them. I don't think Marcus, Marcus Johansson back, but don't know that Marcus Johansson will help them too much. But yeah. we'll see. Uh, they their defense like Carlson and Orlov and Schultz and Jensen and Kempney, and it's just a bunch of every yeah. like it's, it's, it's just all it's like a, it's like a solid group, it's not a group that would bully you over in any way. And your goaltending is really like, is it going to be any good? So Anyway, I I just think that uh, you would take you. They need to win the division uh, with in light of the Ekblad injury, because him being healthy for round two against the winner of Tampa Bay Toronto. Yeah, you right? feel a lot better. Yeah, and like, look, they're six points up on Lightning right now. They're in good position. Yeah, for sure. They just have to. They just have to close. They've got to finish it off. But you know,
1: they need quality performances out of Chirot. Out, yeah, out of I'm, Giroux, out of the guys that they went and got, they need them to be good.
0: I and, and one, I think the one big difference that you're going to see in how Florida approached the deadline and how Colorado ended up at the deadline was, you look at Claude Giroud and say it's a better, probably the best player that moved for sure. But also, he has to go in there and he has to be a high level producer for them immediately for that yep. to be worth. Like Arturi Lekkinen, does Arturi Lekkinen need to go in and score a bunch of goals for Colorado? No, Arturi Lekkinen needs to show up and just do what he does. Be a shutdown forward. Yeah, be a <laughs> shutdown wing that is excellent defensively and raises the floor of that third line and makes it way more competitive. Yep. Uh, and and then if because if that happens, like you already loved Colorado's top six. Yep. That makes Colorado's top nine a lot bigger problem. And when you talk about uh, they're already elite in multiple areas, you're just like okay. Uh, but uh, with with Florida, like Giroux and Charot need to go in and be difference makers immediately. Charot probably would not have had that same pressure uh, without the Ekblad injury, but with the Ekblad injury, I think that it it became a Ben Charot has, has to come in be and good. be yeah. a. He's got to go in and he's got to play next to Mackenzie Weger and yeah. be the guy, be the guy that he was next to Shea Weber that well, made that him valuable right. to begin with. The initial plan for
1: Charat was hey, we can drop this guy in on our second pairing behind Ekblad yeah. and Weger. And now yeah. it's nope, step up and be the guy until Ekblad yeah. gets back. Definitely.
0: And then that's now the pressure is on. Okay, well, you're no adjustment pair. You need to go and be, you need to go from being fucking horrible. For Montreal all season. So now you need to be a top parent guy in a playoff race for a team competing for the president's trophy. Yep. Good luck, dude.
1: It's a big, big jump there.
0: Yeah. That's a big, it's a much bigger ask of maybe a more limited player in Sherrod than what they're asking out of Drew, where it's like, all right, we need you to slot in next to Sasha Barkov and just go be good player. All that's going to be hard to do. Yep. Uh, So big time winner for me, Florida, for sure. Expensive price, but... Yeah.
1: They also got Robert Hag and Oli cool. Olevy for whatever that's worth to you.
0: Neither one of those
1: things. I guess Olevy was in October, so that one means nothing. But yeah, Hag is a guy that exists and might play games for them because Ekblad got hurt, but not particularly good. Uh, is what it is. So Florida's still the big winner just because they got some of the biggest pieces how how positive are you on the abs trade deadline I know you wrote a piece about this the other day
0: uh I feel good about it I mean I feel like it just addressed needs they did a really good the one thing that we talked about is uh that they that, that you could if you could redo the deadline you would probably swap cogliano for Carpenter just so you have a right-handed guy that wins you some face-offs, uh, that gives you one more depth guy that's specifically right-handed to win you face-offs. Um, but that's, that would be it. Agreed. I'd- I also talked to somebody who thinks that Cochleano is going to be great in Colorado. Sure. Said that he was, he was not going to put it on the line for a Sharks team that wasn't going anywhere, and that when he gets to Colorado, he'll be rejuvenated and that he'll be – be the Cogliano that we remember from his heyday. And I hope I think, so. I think that's wishful thinking, but yeah, I'm not convinced by that. By there, the imagination. there are there is belief amongst people in the league that Cogliano will be uh, a good thing in Colorado. I don't. Apparently, I'm not a that believer, belief, but apparently that belief was shared
1: by Joe Sakic. So yeah, clearly, clearly the org believed it too. So
0: Yeah, uh, I will just say this: these types of moves. They have been, or are, are the ones where they have been very hit or miss in the past. Their pro scouting has been very hit or miss on these types. I, of I guys. would say consistently missing, almost. Uh, I wouldn't, because I think they did a good job with like Belmar and Calvert and Nieto, um, and then they did uh, Nieto a, was the, a
1: waiver claim, and those other ones are free agency
0: stuff. Yeah, well, right, but I mean, you're talking about the the evaluation for the same role, though, and. You know, like,
1: I, 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 I think you're stretching. And again, another waiver claim there. Yeah. When, when we're specifically talking about the abs going out and getting the veteran at the trade deadline, I think it has consistently failed them.
0: Yeah, and we talked to, we talked yesterday during the live show um, yeah. why I thought, like, they went and got Carl Soderbergh, they went and got Derek Broussard to be different guys. They went and got Andrew Cogliano to be Andrew Cogliano. And I think that that gives him a better chance of success than what we saw. With, they didn't go out and get Carl Soderbergh to be on their fourth line last year. And when he was on it, he looked... Terrible. So fucking lost and yeah. like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, he just... It was just bad. So, I... I just think... Um,
1: yeah, and Nuke is nothing like these guys. That's yeah, a completely no, different no. thing. He was a reclamation project. That's a totally different approach
0: with a very, yeah. very different situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why you would want Magnus Sherwood for the Eagles when you got Nico Sturm, who's actually going to help the NHL club in the Joe's deal. Yeah. Okay. Now, although I will say, you watched Nico Sturm last night, and it's like, how does this guy ever score points?
1: Yeah, there is no offense there so
0: far. There, that but... puck, that puck skill is questionable. <gasps> <laughs> so, but you know what? He's really good as a, a face-off guy. Yeah, like he was. And he was actually like his, well, his and ass. his
1: defense was solid too. Like, I have no complaints about the guy. Oh, dude,
0: I don't know. I understood his limitations when they went and got him. Yeah, he's Tyson um, Jones, but large. Under, understood. Understood the balancing that they were getting uh, uh, with him, and yeah, I'm, Logan O'Connor is being asked to do way too much right now, and I think everybody knows that. The question that I have about Logan O'Connor is: is he going to adjust? Can he get when he goes? Back? Yeah, when he goes back to just being on the fourth line when Colorado's healthy, and he goes right back to you know they have a Leckinen, new hook Copper, hey. third line, and it's Cogliano, Sturm and Logan O'Connor on your fourth line, which when I say Cogliano, I'm still thinking of old school guy. So I'm like, God, I really like that fourth line. But if he's the Cogliano that he was with the Sharks, then that line is just going to be... It's going to be a continued problem. Yep. Uh, But but L.O.C. needs to get it back. Right. He needs to become a
1: productive member of the team again. And that's not to say he isn't out there working his ass off because he actually
0: is. But the points are just... Well, Not and that. the the little things with LOC count a lot more when you're on the fourth line than when right. you're being asked to do more than that. Yep. You when you're playing up in the lineup, you have to produce points. You have yep. to. Well, and I uh, I don't want to
1: speculate too much, but if it doesn't come back for Logan O'Connor, he's gonna sit for a Darren Helm or a whoever it is in the depth of this forward core. Yeah. It's just the reality of how many bodies the Avs have now. So, we'll see on that front. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, I do think, uh, I feel good about the Avs trade deadline as a well, whole. And for the record, mm-hmm. I'm including
0: the, the Manson and Sturm deals on that. We're not talking about just I, one day. But. I also really liked what Minnesota did, genuinely. Like, they got a second-round pick for McBain, who may or may not be anything. Um, they got uh, Nick Delorier, who's like fine. And uh, I think he sucks, but I think he fits their personality. Sure. So I think it's a good fit. Uh, and then I think Tyson Jost is going to be, again, I think Tyson Jost fits the way that they like to play. And so I think he's going to be fine. I, I, well, I like the play
1: there because they can afford to take a swing on someone like Tyson Jones, who's cheap. And maybe they find a little bit of upside as they go through cap hell over the next couple of years.
0: Well, and I, I really liked, I I really liked the flurry. You know, I connected those dots months ago and I, I liked the price that they paid for him. Look, it's a second round pick and it either goes really well. And you end up in a Western conference final, which at the start of the year, you would have loved (laughs) if you were a Wild. that's a huge victory for you. Uh, if you end up in a Western Conference final and it becomes that first round pick. Now, if it doesn't and it doesn't work out, okay, you gave up a second, but hey, you also recouped the second in the McBain deal. Like you're you're I just think it was a really reasonable. Hey, we took we took a we took a chance, we took a measured chance here that could help us. And if it doesn't, and I just thought that was good tidy business. Don't
1: mind the concept at all. My only concern there is I just don't think Flurry's that good anymore.
0: Agreed, but I think he was the best goalie that was available for a price that they were willing to pay.
1: That side of it, yeah. The the only oh. thing there is they turned around and gave away Kakinen, right?
0: That was oh, true. true, too true. Like not great, but did they make their team better? Yeah, yeah. The one uh, adding this into the bad to the bad category. What the hell did St. Louis do with that Nick Letty deal?
1: Yeah, that was a Have choice. they watched Nick Letty? <laughs> they, maybe they watched Nick Letty five years ago
0: and thought that he was still good. Like, I know that they, <laughs> a lot of NHL teams use a really outdated <laughs> uh, scouting report system still. Uh, maybe they were pulling reports from his Islanders days. From 2017. <laughs> Because it's not there anymore. No, dude, Nick Letty has been, he's been legit bad the last several years. And the Avs got hilariously lucky that he played an awesome series against the Tampa Bay Lightning that one time. Keep him over Taves. And Devon Taves played like shit in that series. And that was a big deciding factor in moving on from Taves and keeping Letty for the extra year. Funny how things work, and how a great example of how we let recency bias drive too much decision making. Yep. So sometimes it works, like like with Grubauer right now. You're looking at it like that worked out pretty well. <laughs> he is totally collapsed in Seattle, and Darcy Camper looks great in Colorado. Yeah, true enough. So, were there any other any was there like was there one team that you just thought? Hard lost the deadline, other than Vegas,
1: uh, Columbus, because they just didn't fucking do anything, and then they literally gave away Max Domi for nothing. I mean, you're not a fan of Aiden Hershick at oh, all.
0: Oh my god, no! The dude had eight points. In, yeah, I in mean, college this year, eight points, but he was also think of like think of the role that he played on that BC team. Like he was a third pairing freshman. Sure, it's not I- like he was a top pairing freshman at DU like Sean Barron's was. I get it. I get he was in a limited role,
1: and I get maybe there's more to like there, but that's your main piece for Max Domi.
0: I, I mean, I think you like Max Domi.
1: But there's, what? So imagine if the Avs traded Drew Hellison in his freshman year for Max Domi. Like that's an insane steal.
0: Maybe. Come on. I just I worry that Max Domi's not any good anymore. So uh, he might not be that good, but he's worth a third round
1: prospect. That's insane to me.
0: Yeah, I agree with Anthony. I actually thought Jake Wallman was a decent low puck mover for St. Louis. For them to go and get Nicoletti was just a total yes trade. Den? no, no. The Islers, Isles are losers at the deadline yeah, because that's... instead of moving out assets, they doubled down on this like weird mixture of yeah. a team that they're stuck with. Resigning Clutterbuck,
1: I think, is definitely an L. <laughs> but
0: especially for two years. Like Yeah, the second year makes no sense to me. Give him multiple years. Now, cut his salary in half, so that's fine. But I that was I thought that was odd. And getting Zach Farise to sign back up for 750 again, I thought was Actually,
1: yeah, a tidy business. Parise's is fine. It's the it's the Clutterbuck one that I'm looking at and going,
0: why? Especially when it's like a lot of people are. Uh, a lot of people like love that line, like oh Matt Martin and Casey Azizikas and Cal Clutterbuck, and then you go and you look at any analytic at and all, terrible, and the, that trio gets fucking dominated <laughs> on a regular basis, and you're just like, okay, oh whatever uh Toronto like I think G- I think Giordano uh, helps them I think Blackwell is a nice little addition sneaky good uh I yeah I loved Arizona taking claiming Terry. I thought that was so funny but <laughs> that was so funny um I I just don't know. Like trading Travis Dermott and adding Giordano, I think that's an upgrade, but not a massive I just, one. Yeah, I just there's so, there's something about that team that I just yep something stinks for sure. I just don't trust it, and and you know what like it their well, are their Jack Campbell, Yeah, their goaltending has been bad for three months now. So you're yeah. like
1: they're getting their best goaltending the last three months has been from Schalchlin.
0: Yeah, it's and it's, it's been for four games. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll see here with this dude. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe he's their Bennington, right? I mean, sure. Whatever. That's everybody's hope every time that a guy comes up <laughs> and plays well in limited games. is like, can he be the next Jordan Bennington? Who St. Louis tried to trade. Yeah, <laughs> well, Desperately wanted to out from yeah. that contract. Hilarious. That they tried to move on from him. Um <laughs> the oh the the other dude one big deal that we haven't talked about that I actually really liked was cop to the rangers. Because I think their their depth has not been any good. And I think I mean I, that's I yeah, their depth has really struggled. The <laughs> their, their Cop is versatile enough that he can help them in different ways if they need him to, and that was a team. I don't know what their uh, cap situation is this summer. That was a team that had a lot of cap space, and if they uh, if they have if they don't have any like major deals that are coming up, ooh, they have some. <laughs> yeah, Strom. Yeah.
1: Strom's the only like really big one besides cop, yeah.
0: But they only have 11 million to play with, yeah. Um, but cop, like they could make a real run at re signing Andrew Cop, is what I'm saying for sure. You know, they could definitely, um, he needs to kind of be the guy that they brought Barclay Goudreau to be in, uh, to be because I don't know that he is.
1: I don't yes. I'm not a very big Barclay
0: Goodread fan. Barclay so
1: Goudreau just, is bad. I'm here for this take.
0: Yeah, like I've never really thought much of him. And I think it's crazy uh the amount of credit he gets for the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley winning Stanley Cups. Yep. Like I thought Blake Coleman was a significantly better player and more productive, but like Barclay Goodreads has his uses, right? I mean, he's an
1: NHLer, it's, so I just don't think he's all that good.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just the uh, uh, I mean, the the addition of Cop, I just think makes them interesting. It would really help if Lafreniere and Capo Cacao like had like it stopped being a hot disaster, yeah. And like Lafreniere has quietly moved that way this year, it's just not the direction that you there's just it's there's something weird about both of those guys, yep, stagnating and and struggling to the level that they have. Um, like Lafreniere has 21 he had 21 points last year, he has 21 points right now in 61 games. Like, not, what the hell great. is going on here? So, that's interesting. Um, I did like their addition of Justin Braun. I think that'll help them a little bit, because some of their younger guys, uh, namely Brayton Schneider, uh, have been getting their head kicked in. I mean, Justin Braun is going to give them what they thought
1: Patrick Nemeth was going to give them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And then Patrick Nemeth has struggled. But... Yeah, basically the difference for Lekadin's, I mean he needs a work visa here in the United States. Uh, he's working in a different country. Yeah, he has to get it swapped from a Canadian to an American. Yeah, and I think the reason that MacCars was easier is because he was on a student visa in the United States already. Correct. and He just needed to change it to a work visa in the United States. Yeah, when you're going you're already from in the country. Country to country it gets a lot more complicated at the government yeah. level, so. And you know what what's funny is this is actually something that that all foreign players go through every year yep um at the start of the year miko has to do it with the finnish government every single year yeah Uh, guys that don't live here um that don't you know set up permanent residence here yep have to do this every time uh at the start of every season it's just they do it a week early so you don't you know it's never a story right but then a guy gets traded mid-season and it's like all of a sudden got to go do this right now visa issues (laughs) yep so it's interesting hopefully it gets worked out so we can see like in tomorrow i would love to see them start to get start to piece together their lineup and what it's really going to look like and blow the doors off the canucks that'd be a lot of fun would be nice um
1: all right We are going to wrap this one up. Thank you all for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate you all a ton for riding with us, especially these last two weeks. It's been a blast of pumping out a bunch of different random stuff for the trade deadline. So highly recommend. Uh, If you want to see our live reactions to the abs trade, you can go to our our giant five hour watch along. Someone in the comments was nice enough to put a timestamp for when the got moved. So go, Watch that if you would like. We appreciate all of you, and we will talk to you, I guess, tomorrow pregame.